Hi there, Catsuit. Hi there, Nookie. Wait, I wasn't expecting you right now. Yeah, yeah, I just wanted to stop by and tell everyone about our event coming up Valentine's weekend. You mean the three-day education and social event focusing in on dating and relationships for kinky folks called the Kinky Dating Something Something and Love Blah 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 event? We've got great speakers lined up, including me. Yeah, also Lexi Silver, Zach Budd, Unruly Nerd Girl, and I'll even be presenting a four-hour workshop. Don't worry, it's in two parts about how to defuckify your dating and create a profile and a life that weeds out what you don't want and attracts what you do. Registration is open now. And the first 500 people get in free, so don't hesitate. Get registered at datingkinky.com slash dating dash love dash event. It's a great opportunity to learn from the people you love about the people you hope to love. I know it's on my Valentine's Day calendar. Chocolates are optional. This is what women and other wonderful humans want. Presented by Dating Kinky. Kinky connections and kinky education. It's kinky done differently. Hi, everyone, and welcome to What Women and Other Wonderful Humans Want, one of our bonus episodes. And today we are talking to Schadenfreude. Schad, wonderful having you with us. For the basis of our listeners, give us an idea of where you fit in the scene. Um, so I identify as a dominant sadomasochist. Um, so I have a very dominant persona, both in kink world and in my everyday life. Um, sadism is more important to me than dominance, to be entirely honest, but like they go hand in hand. And sometimes to me, dominance is more like the gift that I give to my submissive and my mm -hmm. sadism is the gift I give to myself. <laughs> Um, I also identify as a sadomasochist because I have a deep masochistic streak. There's just a lot of types of pain that I just experience differently than other mm -hmm. humans. I was one of those creepy children who would constantly rip off like their own scabs just because I liked the hurt and I liked the blood. <laughs> um, creepy is kind of a consistent theme in my life, but anyways... Um, in the scene, I've also been like a board member of one of my local societies. I've been acting as an educator, both in like within my organization and um, just at conventions since 2012. Mm. I've been around a bit. I found kink when I was 18, haven't left it since. So. That's phenomenal. And I noticed that in your profile, I don't think you mind me mentioning this, you mm -hmm. are married mm -hmm. and have found the love of your life and are very happy with that person. I'm very spoiled. And I mentioned that in the context of the fact that you still receive a lot of DMs Why? and FET mail. To the point where I'm guessing from the title of the article that we're going to talk about, you get a very large volume of it. 
So partly it's just because I've been on FET so long that the consistent, like the regularity to which I get these emails, it's just added up a lot over time. I get about one random, hey, how you doing? You know, kind of fishing for mm-hmm. pussy email, like about a week. Um, there's been points where I had way more. Um, at this point, it's pretty stable at once a week. But really, I've just, I've also seen it just drive so many other women away. I feel like I get a very small burden of these Mm -hmm. emails compared to other women because I'm dominant rather than listed as dominant rather than submissive because I'm listed as married. um, I've got a couple privileges and protections Mm -hmm. in place that make my job easier than others, but I don't put up with that shit. And I like other women to have this, you know, strategy with Mm -hmm. how to deal with this because I feel like I found a pretty good internet balance. The article that got my attention is called A Quick and Dirty Tip for Filtering Sleaze Out of Your Fet Mail. Mm -hmm. We will link to it in our show notes and you'll have to be a member of FetLife to be able to access it. But it starts by saying, if you receive a FetLife message with a subject line that says any of the following quotes listed (laughs) below, don't bother reading it. Save yourself the stress and frustration. Just delete it. No regrets. Your email box should be a safe space for you. Don't apologize for making it so. If you have suggestions to add to the list, feel free to comment below. If you have negativity to aim at me, don't feel free to comment below, which I absolutely (laughs) loved. So let's go through the list here. The first one is, hey. The more wise, the more dangerous it is. No subject. Yeah, that's, that's a biggie. That is, that is your biggest clue that they put no thought into contact with you that you are a number in their head like i'm guessing the chances of them having written a profile if you were to click on who sent you the message probably nil Ooh, i mean i would i would not be surprised if there was a direct correlation there but i myself have not done that research Alrighty, i want to insert ds or sex act here I should have also added insert body part because that's also a pretty, pretty common one. Uh, and then there's wanna DS or sex act here. Mm-hmm. Any, anytime they're starting right up front with the sex act or kink act in mind, it's very clear that it doesn't matter that it's you. It's just that they need any warm, willing, whatever to provide them their kink. You are, you are being treated as the fetish dispenser. One thing that I've always noticed about FetLife, and I know that it has its critics, it also has its fans. I enjoy it because it allows me to make connections that I've never made before mm-hmm. and uh, allows to me to show who I am within the community. I don't use it as a dating site. I do try to take a look and see who people in the community that I might want to meet when it comes to a munch or something like that might be. But one of the things that I notice 
that happens on FetLife, and maybe because it's such a sex-driven site, is that people assume that everyone is there for sex. I've, I've definitely seen that. Um, that tends to be the mentality of people who are not part of a kink community. So my reason for using FetLife is to have a safe way to regularly communicate with people that I meet at kink conventions or, you know, my kink organization, because I'm not going to give them my phone number. Mm -hmm. That's, that requires a much deeper level of trust, but I'm happy to give them my FetLife. I even consider that safer than giving them my email because mm -hmm. in FetLife messages, they can only send me text. Email, you can do a, a deeper dig if you're, you know, tech savvy. Mm -hmm. So I, I honestly think my process has protected me from a lot, a lot of potential incoming dick pics. I don't think I've ever actually received one to be entirely honest because I've kept myself off of the majority of forms of social media, except for fat life. Mm -hmm. And I'm very protective about my, my personal information. Age, gender, title, looking for unicorn descriptor. <laughs> yup. Again, it's, it's, it's just that indicator. It's what they're looking for. And they have this very particular idea, like this box that they're literally going to try to cram you in. So I am much more complicated than a box. Self-description seeking discrete play. I'm guessing that loosely translated, if you use your, uh, your owl, <laughs> your, your translator, as I'm cheating on my wife and I want to be able to play, but I don't want anybody to know about it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I have been fortunate to not get a ton of those mm -hmm. in my inbox. Like, I know they're out there, but for whatever reason, I haven't gotten many of those. Do people ask you if you're poly since you are registered married? Um, occasionally. Like, if you actually read my profile, it's pretty clear that my husband and I fall, um, like, the non-monogamous category because mm -hmm. we are open for like kink play, just not necessarily sex. Like when we have expanded to what we consider polyamorous relationships, it's because we had an established kink dynamic first that became deeply embedded in our dynamic and grew into, you know, a, a more rounded mm -hmm. relationship. But, um, now, usually if I get messages, they're just asking about my availability because they haven't even bothered to look at the married. Mm -hmm. Like they didn't even get that far in the profile. They probably saw my thumbnail. Because <laughs> I have a very sexy boot for my thumb. Actually, what's my thumbnail right now? I don't know. I'll, I'll have to go <laughs> over to that in a moment. Nope, it's a sexy boot. Okay. It's a good boot. Uh, please DS relationship title. Mm -hmm. Would that be like, please, mistress, or? Yeah, yeah, that's like, please, bitch goddess of the universe. You know, <laughs> whatever fanciness they come up with. And again, it's like, they are making the 
assumption that the title I like is the one that gets them revved up the most. Mm -hmm. I assure them it's not. My title's Herren. Really? Yes. It's German for a female lord. So Ooh. like Lordess. We yeah. don't actually have a word for it, kind of like lady. Um, so, and plus it has the double whammy of if you're trying to pronounce Herren Schadenfreude, that you have to get the two world R's, which is very difficult to do in non-German speakers and is an easy excuse to punish for, you know, no real reason. Nice. Exploring, insert DS or sex act here. Mm -hmm. Does that just scream, I'm a newbie? Or I haven't tried this yet, but you're going to try it with me. It definitely can get the newbie aspect, but again, it's more just like this is what they're interested in. They're not actually interested in you as a actual person. Mm -hmm. Any direct order. Now, in one <laughs> of the episodes that you listened to with Ms. Bossy Butterfly, who, by the way, I just think the world of this woman, she has helped change my life in an amazing way. And I want to say thank you. You know what you did and I greatly appreciate it. So I wanted to make sure that I gave the shout out to Ms. Bossy Butterfly. She talked about the fact that people would write her with demands. Excuse me, they don't even know you. How can they demand something from you? Yeah. So usually this one is from the dominant side as mm -hmm. in a male dom emailing you. So for me, if I get that, I know flat out this person didn't even look at my orientation. This person saw sexy woman in a boot picture and is or or even worse. It's the guy with the mindset of um Oh, she's a woman. She doesn't oh, know what she wants. She thinks she's dominant. She just hasn't had my dick. <sighs> yeah, that's a painful one. And that is one of my ones where I very happily delete and immediately block because <laughs> I can do what I want with my, with my inbox. Absolutely. I have any variant of large or erect penis. <laughs> Because this one, often you'll just get the guys who think that, on Fat Life, who think that kink is just a vehicle for sex and that kinky women are easy. Mm. Yeah, so. Ugh. One of these days, I'm actually going to do an episode that talks about the fact that some people don't see kink for the sexual aspects at all sometimes it can be therapy sometimes it could be just trying to capture a moment which is what i'm always addicted to mm -hmm. that there's so much more to what kink can be than the simple action of insert tab a into slot b <laughs> oh yeah when i first started out with kink it was pretty heavily on the non-sexual side. Um, partly that's because when I was, you know, running with my training wheels as mm -hmm. a little baby Dame, 
I was really struggling with the idea that a woman could maintain dominance while being sexually penetrated. Mm. That's something I've, you know, blossomed past at mm -hmm. this point. But back then I had a real um, mental disconnect there. Like it was, it was a, a, oh, what's that fancy term? It was an example of cognitive dissonance mm -hmm. in myself. And I hadn't, I hadn't reconciled with it yet. And so when I started with kink, I kept things very non-sexual, no matter how hot and bothered I got, because I, I just hadn't made peace with those two seemingly dichotomous beliefs one that's you know just a part of our of the remnants of sexism in our culture mm -hmm. and the other one being what i clearly wanted mm. speaking of sexism you have a great body part <laughs> yeah so my favorite one with this I've gotten so many messages that are just like, you have beautiful eyes. And I'm just like, I have no face pictures. <laughs> are you stalking me? Are you watching me through my window? Like, and sometimes I will respond to those just to see how they backpedal or what they do. And my God, like the, mm, the arrogance of some of these guys, like mm -hmm. some of them, when I call them on it, at least have the decency to not respond and just slink away back into the, the shadows of the internet. But others will literally just try to use that as their, oh, she responded, now I've got her. Oh no. Like try again with a different method. And I'm just like, no, I wanted an apology for you lying to my face. I would almost think, and this is the improviser in me, that if someone, were to send me a message saying you have great eyes and your eyes aren't in any picture. I might be tempted to say, did you realize that one of them is glass and it's actually uh, cracked at one point and you actually noticed that. And I really appreciated the fact that you noticed that because I think it's a wonderful thing for me to be able to appear in public with this damaged face that I have. And the fact that you like it, I think that's a fantastic thing. And I really want to, I want to, do you have a cracked eye as well? Oh my God. <laughs> Oh, see, see, back when I had unlimited amounts of time as a college student who didn't sleep, mm -hmm. I would occasionally answer, you know, bullshit emails with similar approaches to that, where I would try to see if I could get them to read out. Mm -hmm. I, I was trying to actually write a, um, just a little fat life note using one of my, one of my, my, one of the interactions that I remembered mm -hmm. happening but I just I couldn't do it the same justice like I just couldn't get that same fervor that I remember writing my first like I'm gonna scare the shit out of this clearly vanilla guy just trying to get laid because I just remember going completely off the walls mm -hmm. like he had just started with something like that he'd be interested in like trying whipping for me like because I'm so special and I went off on the vein 
of I'm going to put a fishing line cracker on my whip so that I can gut you like a fresh salmon. And I just kept going off, like describing myself with the burliness of a Newfoundland fish fisherman <laughs> and like even went into like rubbing salt into his wounds to prepare him for market. And he just never responded. I was a little <laughs> sad that I didn't get any response, but I was also really proud of myself because that was just fun. Like, I feel like that's a form of fan fiction that women mm -hmm. start working on is crafting fantasies that are so bizarre and out there that even a dude trying to masturbate to your photos on the internet can't get off. <laughs> like goals. I love specific body type or ethnicity, speaking of which. Yeah, that's, that's. So this one actually comes from, I believe the first dude I ever blocked. Cause mm. for at the, for a while at the beginning, like I, I was just convinced, like, I'm only going to block people who seriously threaten me, mm -hmm. right? threatened to out me threatened to find me, like my real name, whatever. And I got a message that essentially was, you look like good white German breeding stock. Oh, jeez. And then proceeded to threaten to rep and rape and impregnate me. Oh, God. Yes. So he was my first block. Congratulations, asshole. Um, Here's some lovely parting gifts and a copy of our home game. Yes. So that one I had completely forgotten about until all the race issues came up on FetLife recently, mm. because since it was that one off, like I figured that was just an anomaly, but clearly this happens to, you know, plenty of other women, particularly women of color or indigenous peoples. Um, so I felt like, even though it's something that's only affected me once, it's clearly something that other women need to know about as one of those red flags to look for. I want to be your new badass BDSM title. Yes. So this one hits any range of, you know, submissive to your dominant. And it's just, it just shows their lack of grounding in reality an understanding of how much effort goes into the care and feeding of a DS dynamic. So to me, that often indicates newbiness or just a complete disregard for the, for an actually a healthy DS dynamic. Mm -hmm. So potential predator or just potential idiot. I love some of the statistics you gave as a PS. <laughs> I literally calculated using my my inbox. Yeah. Like, I went back a full year to get those numbers. Shad says, if you are blessed not to receive frequent unsolicited, unwanted emails, here's a bit of perspective on how pervasive this behavior is. Out of the last 20 emails in my inbox, six of them were sleaze spam. Out of the last 100 emails, 20 of them were spam. And this is counting after I deleted plenty of spam emails. So that number is an underestimate. If we assume that the ratio is representative of all emails I get, which it is, 
That means 20 to 30% of all emails I receive are sleaze spam. So take a moment to use your empathy skills and ask yourself, how would I, how would my perspective change if one in every five or maybe one in every three of my emails came from people who only view me as a fuckable whole rather than a person? Oh, and by the way, I'm quite certain most women on FetLife have way higher ratios of sleeve spam than I do. Let's find out. PPS, if you are cursed to receive frequent unsolicited unwanted emails, and it wouldn't cause you undue stress to count them in order to calculate the percentage, please comment on what percentage of sleeve spam you receive if desired. I'll post it here too. PPS, just as an experiment, I'm going to try replying to my spam messages this month by linking them to this note. Stay tuned to see what happens. So what happened? Most guys who I responded to with the link, mm -hmm. either, I would say half of them didn't respond and the half who did were honestly apologetic. Wow. Like some of them did the apology first and then tried to use it as another opening and another chance. <laughs> so clearly disingenuine, but there were a few that I do think were genuine who, you know, apologized, did not pursue anything further and essentially said that they were going to spend some time self-introspecting or reading more about other women's blogs. So those guys tended to be the ones who had like the no subject or just the hey. Mm -hmm. So it's, it to me that indicates that there's just a certain number of, you know, newbies in the kink world coming onto FetLife that don't really know how to start approaching someone. And so they go with the most generic basic approach and effort to not offend the person they're reaching out to, but they still end up treating the people they email like they're a number. So Shad, we've talked about what not to do. Give us and give men and other wonderful humans an idea of the things to do. So if you were to set up a toolbox of good things to put in your messaging, what would it be? So a lot of this to me kind of comes down to a bit of a vibe that I get. The thing that I look most when I'm talking to someone either online or in person is are they treating me like a human? or like a woman, or even worse, like a number. Hmm. You can just kind of get that sense based on their approach. So my suggestion would be for anyone approaching someone new is start with just the desire to get to know them as a person and not a person I will hopefully fuck. Like if that goes that direction, great, bonus, good for you. But start from the just, would this person even be a good friend? Mm -hmm. And build up from there. So tangible ways you can do this. And I know it's been said before on your podcast, but like read that person's profile first. Um, and the other thing is to actually have questions to ask if you are given the green light to ask questions. I can't tell you how many times I've gotten emails where 
the person's just like, tell me all about yourself. And I'm just like, I'm not writing you an essay. Ask me a specific question. Like, I don't know where to start. I don't know what you actually would like to learn. Give me a specific question. And how many of them I just get crickets from mm -hmm. after that. You're because, making them think. Yeah. Like, I've already written a very nice generic approach on my profile. Like sometimes I wonder if I should just copy and paste my profile and just slap it in there <laughs> and see if they notice. Um, but actually have like an icebreaker in mind, mm -hmm. come up with something that you, th you would be able to talk to this person about at length that you would be able to actually connect with them on. It could be something like, how'd you find kink? I'm brand new. I'm not sure what my next steps are. I'd love to hear how you got in. Like there's endlessly fascinating things that you can learn about people in the kink world. Like one of the best ones is just what scene have you done that made you laugh the most? Mm -hmm. Like that's a real fun one because I've seen people getting beaten with pineapples. Like <laughs> it was great. I was DMing. I was a very bad DM, honestly, because you're not supposed to interrupt scenes, but I did know the lady with the pineapple. So I like <laughs> snuck to the edge of the scene sidebar and was just like, hey, I've got a watermelon in my car. Do you want it? <laughs> Because I'd literally been at like the supermarket earlier and hadn't, you know, unloaded my stuff. It's winter in Rochester. Like mm -hmm. my car's a freezer. It's fine. But anyways, just have something to actually talk about, to make that connection, to show that you know they're a human, you like that fact, mm -hmm. and you want to know more. A question that I ask, not facetiously, but I <laughs> honestly ask, is there hope for men? Oh, of course there is. Like, I think, so that one of the things that made me fall in love with my husband more than anything was his willingness to grow mm -hmm. and his acceptance that he's not the center of the world and his acceptance of recognizing when he's wrong or just even being open to that idea having that moment of wait wait like take that step back rerun you know the situation in your head and look for you know your missteps like he just his approach to the world is very much one of I have so much privilege, I don't even recognize all of it. Where is it? Mm -hmm. Like, in a lot of ways, it does. He has a lot of anxieties about that. And honestly, that's another one of the reasons I love him. One of, <laughs> this is a weird thing, but my type is um, dark eyes, dark hair, high anxiety. Like, <laughs> That also, is, you're a perfect type. Hey, no. That is a consistent thing throughout the majority of my relationships. I, I, I love high anxiety types. It's something about me constantly being a sadist. And if they're constantly having anxious moments, I can continuously feed off of them like a little vampire. Anyways, 
the point is he recognizes some of the advantages he has and he has this inner need to know what the other ones are and to be open to other people's perspectives and interpretations of that. So a lot of that just comes down to humility, like mm -hmm. having a sense of humility because it just boggles my mind. Like, like goddess, bless me with the confidence of a white middle-aged man. Like <laughs> it, it boggles my mind how much self-assuredness to the point of arrogance that I see in men who are completely average mm. and who think they are something so special. Like not everybody's destined to be special. It's, it's fine to be normal. It's fine to be weird. I just want to see genuineness. Like, mm -hmm. so yes, long story short, there's, it's not even really fair to say there's hope for men mm -hmm. or potential. Like there already is hope. There already is progress. We just have to make sure that we keep pushing that progress. And a lot of that comes down to how we will raise the future generations of children. Like, I don't want to out myself here, but I'm an educator. Mm -hmm. So like I have, I have a lot of thoughts and opinions on our education system here in the mm -hmm. United States. And there's just so many ways that we approach things and what we expect youth in America to learn that is not helpful to have them grow up into healthy adults. Like the fact, simple point, our sex ed teaches what happens before sex, puberty. Mm -hmm. What happens after sex, your consequences, STDs and pregnancy, it doesn't actually teach what sex is. And it definitely doesn't even start to approach what healthy relationships are. Mm -hmm. So there's just a lot of basic things in our culture that we need to start working on if we want to actually give men a better fighting chance to be the men that we deserve, that women deserve, mm -hmm. and for them to just be happier in general. Toxic masculinity is a huge deal and a huge negative issue for men. And honestly, it's, I don't wanna necessarily say it's more problematic for women, men than women, but it sucks for us both. Mm -hmm. Well, Shad, it has been an absolute pleasure having you on the program. Well, thank uh, you. Is, is, if somebody wants to reach you, I take it they would do so through FET. Yes. I do know that you have a policy, if you read the profile, <laughs> that you actually have to meet you to uh, be your friend, but people may follow you. Is that okay with you? Yes, I'm perfectly fine with people following me because of COVID. I am friending people who I meet through Zoom events. Congratulations, you, Catsuit. Yay! As I recognize, you know, right now our world's changing, so I have to adjust with the times. Um, but yeah, I, I tend to only friend people who I've actually literally spoken to face-to-face mm -hmm. -to -face or face-to-computer, as it were. 
Um, and a lot of this just comes because I used to do a lot of the convention routes. Mm-hmm. And even if I friend the people that I've met, like I cut my friends list down constantly. Mm-hmm. Like if I met someone five years ago and they've not spoken to me again, they get slashed. Mm-hmm. There's been a point where my friend list was a thousand people. And wow. I was just like, nope, 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 nope. Slashy time. I try to keep it around 300, definitely under mm-hmm. five, just to keep it manageable, you know? I am developing more friends on FetLife now because I am well-known through the podcast. What I can't believe is that fetish models that I have viewed online and on Twitter and in pictures are actually following me now. And I'm like, how did this happen? <laughs> But I think that the podcast is resonating with folks because as we were talking about before we started recording, there's something about approaching how men and women communicate from a position of what is right and what can we do better. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't matter if you're a fetish model like Christina Carter with her 82,000 messages that she'll never catch up with to a person who might get one thing a week that might make them uncomfortable. It's the same story for everyone. Let's just learn to communicate better. And that's what we're here on the podcast for. Yeah, I mean, to me, the basic goal of that is your goal should be to get to know the person you're talking to, not to get the thing you want out of them. Like DS, is teamwork. The thing that drives me nuts is people who treat it like an exchange. It's not an exchange. It's a cooperative like endeavor. A so connection. It, yeah. And until you get out of that mindset of tit for tat, you're not actually gonna have a really fulfilling relationship with DS. Very true. Shot, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on the podcast, and I hope we get to know each other more, and I hope we get to visit it sometime in the near future. Sounds great. And again, welcome to Friend Me. Lucky you. (laughs) Thank you so much. And that will do it for this bonus edition of What Women and Other Wonderful Humans Want. If you want to reach me, you can do so via email at john, J-O-N, at datingkinky.com. That's john, J-O-N, at datingkinky.com. And we look forward to having you join us every Tuesday when we drop a new edition of What Women and Other Wonderful Humans Want. As always, I am John, sometimes known as Hi There Catsuit, reminding you to always remember consent and to love each other always. What Women and Other Wonderful Humans Want connects with you on social media. Check us out at What Women Want P1 on Twitter, What Women Want Podcast on Instagram, and for our kinky friends on FetLife at www.podcast. This has been a presentation of Dating Kinky. Kinky done differently.